Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Jeff Jenkins. Good to be with you again, Jeff on this end. And I'm Stephen. We have had some exceptional uh, times, Brother Stephen and I, together. And uh, we've been talking about the Eliezer call. And uh, Eliezer was commissioned uh, by Abraham to go find Isaac, his promised son, a bride. And God has sent out the Holy Spirit, a fivefold ministry, prophets, the Word of God, all of these tools to find a bride for Jesus Christ. And so the parallels are beautiful. And Stephen was mentioning to me just a moment ago while we were sitting here in the studio how that Isaac found not only was this a woman uh, that would water the camels, this Rebecca, but she was exceptionally beautiful. And Brother Stephen was bringing it out, and I thought it was beautiful, and that we find out that Abraham's wife was so beautiful that we see in the Scriptures twice two different kings wanted Abraham's wife for their wife, <laughs> and Isaac the same. So these, uh, these women were beautiful women. But what is that really, Brother Stephen, what's that a type of? That's an Old Testament. The Old Testament beauty depicts something, doesn't it? What does it yes, depict? Yes, it does. And in the Old Testament, uh, things were in the natural. Mm -hmm. In the uh, New Testament, we see those same uh, patterns played out in the in the spiritual mm -hmm, realm. Mm -hmm. So, what is uh, what is important today when a man's looking for a wife? What should he be looking for? Just outward beauty, or, or uh, just limit himself to the most attractive uh, uh, girls that he knows? Mm -hmm. No, we know better than that. Right. We know that what uh, is most important in a marriage is uh, is character, yes, both is. on the man's side and on the woman's mm -hmm, side, mm -hmm. and uh, it's that character of mm -hmm. Christ Amen. revealed in that person Beautiful. that should be the attraction that makes a man interested in uh, in in a wife uh, that would be the mother of his children Amen. that would be uh, somebody who he could trust to raise those children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord Amen. and uh, not somebody who's flighty or somebody who's mm -hmm. only concerned about their outward appearance exactly. but somebody who has spent uh, more time um, nurturing the the spiritual side of their Amen. life Beautiful. than just uh, dressing up the outside. And, and that's what Paul talks about in Timothy. And you, yeah. you probably um, have had experience with that where um, the Scripture says that it's important, not the outward appearance, mm -hmm. but what's on the inside. I was almost 28 when I got married. You got married a little bit older in life too. And I was 20, 29. 29. And I was a pastor for many years before I got married. And I remember coming to church on a Thursday night. No, of course, there's no church service there, and I just wanted to find the, the altar there and pray, God, where's my wife? Where's my bride? And I went there, and I felt like the Lord had told me, go talk to your father. So I got up from the altar, and I said, Dad, out of all the women that you and I have seen all over the world, you know, we've traveled, I said, who do you feel would be a good, a good soulmate, a good wife for me, a good... A good woman that would, would, that would love me, love my children, but particularly be a uh, part of me and a part of my vision with the ministry. And he, he named three different ladies. One was from Norway, and one was from the northern part of the United States, and the other one was from the West Coast. And the third one resonated with me. And I said, well, you know, I'll just see what the Lord will do there. And I created a series of circumstances to get to meet this girl. <laughs> But I was interested in the very thing that you said. When you become 28 years old, uh, 
and you're looking for a wife that you know that you want to enjoy your 50th anniversary with, Amen. you know that the outward is, is going to get old. Mm -hmm. And sure, you have to be attracted. Sure, there has to be chemistry. But I want to know that this person has a longing to be like Jesus. Amen. And I would say for me, what I love about my wife the most is her desire to be like Jesus. Amen. And when you look at the, what Jesus refers to in Galatians as the fruits of the Spirit, right. love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and temperance. And, I mean, these are, these are, this is the nature of Jesus Christ Amen. himself. The fruits of this Holy Spirit is how Jesus, Jesus isn't an angered, ill-tempered. Um, this is, a, a, he isn't a greedy, uh, he's not a lying individual. This is a man that is fraught with truth and, and, and character. He's righteous, he's right. authentic, right. he's genuine. He's a man that he cannot lie. And um, I, I would tell every young man that's looking for a woman, the outward is going to vanish. It's going to perish just like you're going to get old and stoop-shouldered. Make sure that person loves Jesus Christ, the Word, more than anything else in this world. And so now here's Abraham sending out Eliezer. Eliezer is now commissioned to go find a bride for Isaac, the promised son. We're commissioned, and that's why we're on television with you now, is to, is to try to peek, is to try to, to, to see if there's a thirst in you for more, not just religion, not just filling of pew. And let me tell you something, if there's a deep calling in your heart, then there's a deep to respond. So if you have something in there that says, surely there's more, I'm telling you there is more. Think of the woman at the well for just a moment. Here is a woman that said when Jesus stood at the well with her, we know when Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. Who told this Samaritan that the, the Messiah would discern the thoughts and tense the heart as he just did to this woman? Who told this woman? There was something way down on the inside Amen. that said, this is truth. I'm, and she said, she called him the Messiah. The religious leaders called him Beelzebub. The Sadducees and Pharisees called, said he was of the devil and said he was mad. But this woman, a prostitute, said, we know when Messiah comes. Amen. So there was something in the life and manifestation of Jesus Christ on earth that attracted this bride. And let me say something. That same life is here in the 21st century. It's Jesus Christ now, not in the flesh of that Galilean body, Jesus Christ now in bride form, and God is God's got a church, a bride, an elect that's still calling for souls that are out there that want reality. And that reminds me of the scripture in Romans chapter ten. It says, "How can they believe unless they hear?" Yeah. And we know that there's we we we've been through that before in the broadcast. That uh, every age it says to it says, uh, "Let him who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to Amen. the churches." And uh, Jesus uh, repeated that many times when mm -hmm. he was talking. He said, uh, "Those that have an ear let mm -hmm. them hear." Mm -hmm. And so there's obviously those who are tuned into the right frequency. Those who like the woman at the well have an awareness of something uh, beyond just uh, the physical circumstances mm -hmm. of that uh, meeting and she recognizes something in the supernatural realm Beautiful. and so she's tuned in to the right frequency so when Jesus started broadcasting on that frequency Hallelujah. she responded Beautiful. she said we know that when Messiah comes he will do these these yep. things and uh, she ran into the city she Amen. was so enthused by what she had heard and so we know it was real and she told everybody in the city what had mm -hmm. happened to her and that 
that's exactly the same thing that uh, will happen today because God is is looking f- for believers that will be part of his bride. But how can they believe unless they hear? Amen. We're hoping that on these broadcasts and we're praying Amen. and we believe by faith that God will use these broadcasts to be uh, something that people can hear Amen. that will quicken within them the same way it did the woman at the well. And then uh, it says, how can they uh, here, unless one be sent, Amen. and uh, and that's what we believe we're we're doing. We're we're God is working through His church. Amen. God could have chosen to use an angel. He could have yep. chosen to use maybe the sun, moon, or stars, or right. or anything in His creation to witness uh, to to us. But instead, He chose to use His church. Beautiful, he, and that's what happened the day of Pentecost. He poured His Spirit into those folk. They Peter stood up and he said, uh, "Men and brethren." Mm. Uh, and uh, so began the first sermon. And 3,000 souls were added that day, Beautiful. showing that that was indeed God's program, how he was going to... Those that wanted to hear, mm-hmm. those that were tuned into the frequency, when they heard, mm-hmm. not from God directly, but from God speaking through Peter, mm. they were added to the kingdom that Beautiful. day. Beautiful. You know, um, I remember a sermon you preached in our assembly, oh, it's months back, but you were touching on Eliezer and Rebecca. And you, I I don't know if you could do this off the top of your head, but you talked about um, this woman of character. And you said, now let's stop and look at this. She fed all these camels water and you you gave an example of how long it would take to do that can you do you remember that correct uh, and it's it's right uh, in this passage that that we were reading the last uh, time we were with you all we were reading from Genesis chapter 24 and it says that a virgin came out i just want to touch on that for a brief second because yeah. part of this character yeah. is, uh, the qualifications that um are are required for a bride for Isaac mm-hmm. is that she be a virgin Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that was in the natural right. uh, back there. Now, spiritually, Paul says in uh, Corinthians 11, he says, I pre- 2 Corinthians 11, he said, I present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So Paul, who was God's messenger Beautiful. at that time, Amen. was looking for a bride just like Eliezer Amen. was. And he had had found this bride, mm-hmm. those that would believe the mm-hmm. the message for their day. Yeah. And he said, now I'm presenting you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So this is being played out in the natural mm-hmm. here with um, Rebecca. And so it says that she went down and she filled up her pitcher with water. This was customary yeah. at that time uh, of the afternoon or evening that she would have been drawing water just like she normally did. Yeah. What's fascinating is that the cares of this world, the um, the needs of her family, uh, her own personal need for rest yep. was all pushed aside hmm. um, when she came into the presence of this Eliezer hmm. because of something that God was doing in her heart. Amen. Even as Eliezer was praying, Lord, send one. Mm-hmm. There was something quickened within her. She was on a frequency yes. that she was responding to perhaps without even, well, I'm sure, without even knowing what she exactly. was doing. Exactly. She didn't know who he was, yep. what his mission was, but she was responding to something in a, in a different uh, realm, in a different dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when, when Eliezer says, 
why don't you get me a, a water? Get me some water, please. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she and she said, uh, drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, up till this point, nothing special. This is verse nineteen. Right. Nothing special up to this point. That was customary. Yeah. If you were a visitor uh, at a well, uh, the, the the ladies would would draw water for you. That yeah. was customary. Mm-hmm. But now she said in verse nineteen, after. She, when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have done drinking mm. without prompting from him. Remember, that was yep. his prayer. That was his very prayer. That was his prayer. <laughs> but she doesn't know what he prayed. Yeah, yeah. She's just responding to something in a supernatural realm. Beautiful. And she just goes, why don't I give your camels something to drink as well? And uh, we heard that there were 10 Camels, yeah, and a empty a camel that's just gone four hundred and fifty miles mm-hmm. is running on empty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know when those camels last drank. Right, but Eliezer had a mission. He would have been just like us. Yeah, we're keen to get to our destination as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised that those camels were running on empty. And uh, we've got ten camels that drink about forty gallons each oh, when my. they're thirsty. That's four hundred gallons of water to be drawn out of the well in a pitcher. And I don't know how many uh, gallons uh, one pitcher would hold, but it wouldn't be many because it would be too heavy to lift, especially if you had to do it multiple times. So one is assuming that it was maybe just one or two gallons at a time. And she had to keep repeating that process 40 uh, for 40 gallons each for each camel, it could have been five or six hours. My. I mean, I don't know how long it took, but it was many, many hours. Yep. That she, and the needs of her family, that sent her for water, yep. uh, her own desire for rest, all of these things pushed aside uh, when she made the statement, oh, I'll just water your camels while I'm at it. So here's and Eliezer. What a character. Eliezer could have very well been sitting down under the shade of That's a tree right. talking with the other men that were yes. in his company while she continued to water the camels. And he saw a spirit of sacrifice yeah. and a spirit of service manifested in this woman that he said, this fits the pattern <laughs> of what a, 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 a covenant wife Beautiful. would be like a wife of the covenant. As Isaac was a son of the covenant, yeah. she was going to be the wife of the son of the Beautiful. covenant. And he said, this fits the pattern. I, I know that God can use this relationship between Isaac and Rebekah to continue the promise Hallelujah. Of, a, of, an, of, of a couple that would bear a child that would be um, uh, able to bring blessing to many nations because she had within her ah. the desire to bless Eliezer you know, and to water those camels. That makes me feel important <laughs> because if, this, if the son of promise, Isaac, Amen. was called by God, right. ordained to come forward, then and, and Rebecca was obviously then just as called. That's right. So while God was performing and creating faith and fostering faith in Abraham. We're only watching the life of Abraham. Amen. We don't get to watch the life of Rebecca. Right. But she's being nurtured and trained Amen. for this very moment. That's right. She's mu- just as much a daughter of promise, isn't Amen. she? Amen. Which shows how much our responsibility is in terms of God's plan and purpose yeah. because He wants to have spiritual children. How he wants wonderful. us to be the fruit uh, that bears uh, more fruit. Amen. And, uh, and you've got to have both sides sure to do. bear the fruit. Hallelujah. Amen. I just love the idea of the fact that God isn't really calling you today to a, a bunch of uh, theology. Amen. 
Uh, he's calling you to a person. Theology comes with it. But this Bible, I grant you, it has been burned. Uh, 68 million Protestants died a martyr's death over this book. Uh, holy wars have been fought over this book over the centuries. But in reality, this is a love letter. Amen. And this was written for his bride. God wrote this book. Man has politicized it, divided over it. Churches have been split. Nations have been torn apart by this book. But it still does not negate the fact that it's a love letter to the elect, Amen. to God's children. Let man do what they want with God's book. It's a love letter personally to you. Isn't that what you get out of this message? Very much so. Yeah. And it's uh, in any love letter, you're often reading between the lines. Yeah. You're trying to discern what is the person who's writing the letter really thinking. And yeah. you know that words are limited to express some of the mm -hmm. things that we might want to express in, so in, a, so. in a letter to somebody that we love. But we're counting on them reading between the lines. Amen. And that's what uh, we're trying to do through these broadcasts is to show a little bit of what the, the idea is, what God's intent is. Even behind this story, behind Hallelujah. the story of Eliezer, there's an intent behind this Amen. which far exceeds just a Sunday school story Hallelujah. of uh, of, uh, of a man who went on a journey and found a bride for yeah. his, his, his master's son. There's a, a deep uh, uh, principle mm -hmm. buried in this that as we uh, peel back the layers of the onion, so mm -hmm. to speak, we see that uh, God really has a desire beyond uh, just this story that he's trying to teach us. I, We're learning from it. I was thinking about... Um, two ladies that were twins, and they were separated at birth. Mm. One went one way and one went another. Well, they, they went through a series of, of, of events. They found each other, and now they're both in their 40s, and they drove the same kind of car. Mm. Both of them were school teachers. Amazing. Their paths were almost identical, mm. and that was just natural genetics. Yes. Well, what we're talking about is spiritual genetics in that just as much as Isaac was the promised son, Rebecca was the promised wife for Rebecca. Super, so in other words, we're really saying that although we're speaking right now and they're watching in a three-dimensional world, you're watching right now on a broadcast, you're seeing my face, but there's something supernatural going Amen. on that we trust that you're being drawn to whom? To Brother Jeff and Brother Steve? No, we're just, we're just the vessels. But to be drawn to this book. Amen. So that when we, so when you, when you turn off the TV, that you'll get on your knees and you'll say, Jesus, if you sent Eliezer to find Isaac Amen. a bride, Amen. and you brought Isaac and Rebecca together, then Jesus, I pray that Brother Stephen and Brother Jeff were just instruments to draw me closer to you. And so may we be those instruments May we never stand between you and Jesus. May we only be instruments. And may you get on your face and seek God. May you open the pages of your Bible, not like a newspaper, but Lord, teach me how to live. Don't open the Bible seeking knowledge only, but say, Lord, rather teach me how to live. How many people use the Bible for a sword? Well, it is the sword of the Spirit, but not to fight or divide. And so when you get into this book, pray. Now, we've only got about six more minutes. And... I wanted to discuss a little bit about what God is doing in our day. 
We're, we, we talk about often, we talk about seven church age messengers. And Brother Stephen said a moment ago, he that hath an ear, let him hear with the spirit, the supernatural, the spirit saith unto the churches. Well, there's a church age in our day too. Ephesus began the age, Laodicea ends the age. And so we've got Paul, an apostle and a prophet. He began the age. He's a, he was the pastor to the church of Ephesus and the church in the first letter in Revelations chapters two and three was written to the church of Ephesus, the messenger of the church of Ephesus. The last one was Laodicea. That's our age, rich, increased with good, have need of nothing. We found out that that church age had a problem. It was lukewarm. They should have been hot. And God even said, I wish that you would admit you're cold so that at least you're being honest. Or I, but I would rather have you hot, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. So God says, but I'm going to send you a messenger and he's going to rebuke you and, and cause you to become zealous and repent. And so God in our day has sent, the Holy Spirit has sent an Eliezer in our day. He was represented a man and now represented his bride. But Brother Stephen, tell us about what God is doing in our day. You know, the... The difficult thing is to always see what God is doing today. Yeah. We're very good at uh, as students of history mm -hmm. at seeing what God did in the past, even in the story of Eliezer. Mm -hmm. We can rejoice in that story. Mm -hmm. And isn't that wonderful? And, yeah. and look what God did for Abraham and for Isaac. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, we're, we're very good at understanding things in the future things that uh, we believe are going to happen and yeah. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to catch away a bride. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be a change in the body. We call it the rapture yeah. and we're going to spend eternity with him. Those things are relatively easy mm -hmm. for us to accept, but the hardest thing is to see what God is doing today. And uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. And so we think that because somebody was born in, in 1909 and died in 1965 yeah. uh, in that uh, 20th century, yeah. that that couldn't have eternal implications. Right. But we find that it does. That video, excuse me, it was a, it would have been a 16 millimeter film yeah. back when you were 15, right. um, same as it was with me. Right. And it also touched my heart in a similar way. Mm -hmm. I just knew this was different. Amen. And uh, that uh, laid an anchor in my heart and it, it never left and and then eventually God touched me and and the more that I studied um, what God had done in uh, the generation just preceding mine is what right. it amounted to. Really? I was born in 57 and uh, William Branham died in 1965. Mm -hmm. So it would have been the previous generation for me. Um, it was evident that this was Bible days come Amen. alive again. Things that I just read about or heard about in Sunday school. And what it is, is that God has sent the... Uh, Eliezer for the bride in this day. Every age had, yeah, had an Eliezer. Yeah. Every bride, every age had a bride. Yep. And this age is no different. Amen. And at the culmination of the period that uh, Romans calls the the fullness of the Gentiles, mm -hmm. at the right at the end, there's another Eliezer bringing out a bride for, in this day that has to fulfill the uh, the requirements mm -hmm. for the, this day. Remember. Luther's message wouldn't work today. That's right. 
Wesley's message wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. God was uh, bringing people through different stages, mm -hmm. and uh, this stage is to bring them back to the fully revealed Word. Amen. And that's what the message of William Branham has done, is it's opened up the seven seals. It's Amen. opened up things in the church ages we never saw before, things about original sin, all the things that we've talked about on yes. these broadcasts. Yes. These are the things that have been opened up. Why is that? It's because there is a Word bride Amen. required in each age, Amen. and it has to be the word like the manner it has to be fresh for each Hallelujah. age fresh for each day not different right it's not a, a different gospel it's not, it's not new it's not something that uh, just got dreamed up like some of these things amen but brother jeff one of the things i think might be on people's minds is we've heard so much about different great men yep. what makes william branham different from some other great leader some mm -hmm. maybe a billy graham or mm -hmm. or some other person of of note mm -hmm. in this age. Why was he, what did God do to show that this was a different ministry? Well, I'll tell you where I see Brother Bram's ministry standing out above the masses, above the other great men of God through the ages. I got a book at home in my office. It's called uh, All Things Are Possible by David Edwin Harold. And he was a historian. Harold. 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 Yeah. And he was a historian. And this man said you could take 10 leading evangelists and put them on one side of a scale and Brother Branham on the other, and his ministry would outweigh them all. And he wasn't referring to his preaching style. No. He was referring to the visible declaration of Jesus Christ Amen. through signs, wonders, and miracles, raising the dead, healing the sick, doing all types of supernatural things simply to attract a bride to Jesus, not for Amen. us to uh, camp around Brother Branham, nor would we camp around the Apostle Paul or camp around Luther even though the church was the Lutheran church was called Lutherans after Luther, or the Wesleyan church was called Wesleyan after Wesley. Um, we don't have a church that I know of called Branham after Branham. In other words, we don't call ourselves Branhams. Uh, we're Christians. Amen. But the bottom line is, is that these men, Luther and Wesley and Brother Branham, these men were used, and particularly William Branham in this last day, to restore the truths that were lost through the Dark Ages under Catholicism and restore those truths of, of, of serpent seed or Godhead, water baptism, um, all these wonderful truths. We can go on, uh, marriage and divorce. These things have, the things that were not taught in fullness are now taught in fullness. Why? To dress a bride. God wants a word bride. That's why we're on the air, because God doesn't want you half-dressed. He wants you fully dressed. Amen. And there's a message in this last day. We have books, Prophet Visit South Africa, Man Sent from God. We have, we have good-sized books that we'll send to you free of charge. You simply write us. Many have asked for these books all over the world, and we will send them to you free of charge. God bless you. We'll have those books up on the, on the, at the end of this broadcast so you can see them. Bye-bye now. Jeff has mentioned a couple books, The Prophet Visits South Africa and A Man Sent from God. And Julius Statscliff, who was a captain, a chaplain in the army, went on that trip to South Africa with Brother Branham to record what he saw along the way and then took testimonies from the people of what had happened in their life. He was there at the Durban South Africa meeting when 30,000 natives gave their life to Christ in one meeting. This ministry exceeds all ministries that have come since Jesus Christ himself. Today's program, Rebecca, the Bride of the Promised Son, is available on DVD. 
as well as a sermon by Brother Stephen Strew entitled, The Rebecca Principle. To order these DVDs or the books mentioned by Pastor Jeff Jenkins, visit us on the web at globalanswers.us or write to Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio. Our zip code is 45801 here in the USA. Remember, we'd really like to hear from you. Your comments and questions help us choose topics and guests for upcoming programs. Our email address is info at globalanswers.us. Thanks for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.